Hello, and welcome to the Falcon Paladin Hour. Well, thank you so much. It is good to be here again. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Very uh, excited to talk about No Way Home. Ah, yes, the Spider-Man. The Spider-Man. It is time. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. My camera flipped the wrong way. Gosh dang it. I have no idea. Sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, you're out in the wilderness. You went camping this week. Yes, winter camping. This is my favorite kind of camping in the whole world. Mm -hmm. uh, I regularly go outside and uh, sleep there. It, it's often <clears throat> quoted that it's not camping unless there's a severe risk of hypothermia. Uh, Correct. Otherwise, it's not you're just real sleeping camping. outside. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. It's, yeah, that's like, it's not real. It's whippy. It's ridiculously embarrassing to go camping mm -hmm. if there's not a risk of death. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And yeah. I've, I've got a lovely fireplace. Um, it's yeah. keeping me nice and warm in summer. So that's mm -hmm. great. Yeah. It, I mean, it looks wonderful in there. Mm, very cozy. Very cozy. Super, super cozy. Yeah. Yeah. I support it. Where's that stupid flip thing on my camera? Any who's. Oh, yeah. I want to talk about No Way Home today. I also want to talk about uh, The Witcher. I have not seen The Witcher yet. You've seen two. There you go. I flipped you. Oh, good. Thank you. That helps. <laughs> I can't figure out how to do it, so I appreciate so, uh, it. Technically, I flipped us both. But... Oh. Yeah. Um, oh, wait. I found it. Okay. Oh, okay. I can flip us back so we're in the right positions. And... Done. Ka ciao. Kachow? Kachow. Pretty kachow. Wait. Hmm? What'd you do? I should be facing you. And then you had it right the first time. <laughs> I must have. So you had it different on the stream than it shows in Discord. All right, whatever. Mm. It's all good. It's all good. I'm not worrying about it anymore. Okay, so oh, okay. we won't talk a lot about Witcher, maybe a little bit. <clears throat> maybe a little bit. Maybe a little bit. There's a hundred. I mean, I've already listened to like two hour and a half long podcasts entirely about No Way Home. There's just so much stuff to cover and so much stuff to talk about that it's hard to cram it all into you know any kind of a normal time frame for this kind of platform. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But anyway, uh, let's see. I guess my overall review for No Way Home is I saw it twice. Mm. And I bought my second ticket before I saw it the first time. I was so confident that it was going to work for me. So maybe this is bias. Maybe I went in expecting it to be great and therefore it was great. Mm -hmm. Although sometimes bias can hurt you where you expect it to be great and it doesn't live up to your expectations and then you're disappointed. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I think it's a pretty good sign that I expected it to be great and I really enjoyed it both times that I went into theaters and saw it last week. So... Mm. Hmm? Yeah. How about you? What was your review of The No Way Home? Well, see, I went into it expecting it to be bad. Bad? Wow. Well, at not least even, not, like, mediocre? At least not great. Because hmm. uh, I had seen the trailer, and if you've seen the trailer, any man in this dog could know that there would be multiple Spider-Mans in this movie, even though they did not show them in the trailer. It's like, if you pull all the villains, you're going to pull all the, all the, the heroes as well from... 
Like, oh, so your logic was they wouldn't bring in the Goblin if they didn't bring Tobey Maguire into this movie. Right. It was the same with Doc Ock and um, Electro and Sandman and all these other people, right? Like, there was yeah. definitely going to be Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire. Like, I knew that. Uh, they even... Uh, there was some minor controversy where they edited a split, like, one second out of the trailer where it showed the lizard guy getting kicked in the head by an invisible nothing. And it's like, oh, okay, so that's clearly a fight scene where they're trying to hide which Spider-Man is doing the kicking. Uh, yeah, because we could tell from the foot which Spider-Man it is. Well, no, 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 there was no foot. It was nothing. It, his head got moved by nothing. That's what I'm saying. If they'd showed us the foot, then we would have been like, ah, yes, oh, Andrew yes. Garfield, obviously. Yes, exactly. Um, you and think so, so? I guess their <laughs> costumes are different. Anyway. Yeah, but um, you know? knowing that there was going to be multiple Spider-Mans, I rewatched all of Tobey Maguire movies and Andrew Garfield's movies. Oh, wow. Okay, how'd that go? Well, it put me in a place where I'm like, dude, I really don't want to make these canon. <laughs> Like, I these should not be required watching for the Spider-Man movies, and now they are. Yeah, they kind of are. So I no. I went in with low expectations and had them utterly blown away. Nice. Like, so two thumbs up on the movie. Uh, it's really good. It is super good. Yeah, I am. Um, so one of my younger brothers, who's a lot younger than I am, he hadn't seen any of the Tobey Maguire or Andrew Garfield Spider-Mans. <laughs> and we were like, you should come with us and see the new Spider-Man movie. And he's like, do I have, like, he's like, he heard some stuff. And he's like, do I have to know these older ones? And I was like, um, yeah, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> so we watched the first two Tobey Maguire ones. Mm -hmm. And uh, he mostly was familiar with the memes from that, right? Right, like the, yeah. I'm thinking of a scientist myself lying. Uh-huh, yeah. Like he was just he was cackling at all the memes. He's like, "That's where that comes from. That's where that comes from." Right. It was just like this historical lesson for him of where these memes originated. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, and yeah, that? I really think Spider-Man Two holds up. Like, I think Doc Ock is one of the better villains in the history of Spider-Man, at least as portrayed on the big screen. Uh, I do like that one of the themes of Spider-Man Two is that the regular people can't save the day. Like the whole point. The reason there's a Spider-Man is because the regular people can't just stop Doc Ock. And there's a couple mm -hmm. scenes where like regular people try to do it and they fail <laughs> miserably. And then Spider-Man has to take care of it. And I'm like, okay, there we go. That's what we're talking about. That's what I appreciate about Spider-Man 2. Because Spider-Man 1 has that one moment where like he's fighting the Green Goblin at the Brooklyn Bridge. Uh -huh. And then all the New Yorkers are like throwing garbage at him. And like it's totally working and distracting him and like hurting him and stuff. And I'm like, okay, look. I get it. You can throw apples at this guy. I think one guy threw a crowbar, maybe. Uh -huh. But honestly, this is ridiculous. I didn't. Li I don't like that at all. And it was a very right. post nine eleven uh, thing to do, to be like New Yorkers are tough. You try to knock our buildings down. You try to show up and be a villain, and we'll we'll fight back. You can't scare us, right? Right. It's literally a similar scene with like uh, Spider Man's fighting Doc Ock on the train. Uh, mm -hmm. on an elevator train, which, by the way, they haven't had in New York since the 1950s. Well done. But, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Sam Raimi doesn't care. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, and all the New Yorkers stand up to Doc Ock. Like, if you want the Spider-Man, you gotta go through us. And then he's right. just like, okay. Pushes them all aside <laughs> in an instant. <laughs> That's it. It's it's awesome. It is honestly so good. Um, anyway, so Spider-Man 2 is great. Spider-Man 1 is fine. Spider-Man 1, it really deserves a lot of 
praise for being wanting to be a comic book movie mm -hmm. and doing it right with the big big budget and the big spectacle and getting web swinging so it looks amazing and i don't think if that movie works we're quite where we are today with anything in the mcu so like props mm. to spider-man one and sam raimi for doing what they did i don't think it's as good a movie as spider-man 2 i don't think it's as good as anything recent but it is it set some it set some ground rules and some standards that i think we're still living up to today i, I think it was good enough for a sequel and uh the fact that it made money and could do that definitely showed people that it was okay to make comic book movies again. That they mm -hmm. weren't all just cringy, like, tank girl stuff from the 60s or whatever. Right. I mean, the X, the first X-Men movie does predate Spider-Man in 2002. Mm. Does it? Mm-hmm. Oh. But I specifically said they wanted to make a comic book movie because Brian Singer in the original X-Men movies wasn't really interested in the whole comic book vibe, right? Mm -hmm. The comics, instead of being like yellow and blue and red, they were all very kind of dark and realistic mm -hmm. looking. And mm -hmm. um, but it was, I mean, good. The Spider-Man or the X-Men, that first one and the second one especially, I think, are really good, mm. but in a different way. It's not as like gleefully. This is a comic book movie as the Spider-Man one movie is. I think. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, and then the Andrew Garfield movies. I watched the first one with my kids the other night and man that movie is just dark and kind of quiet and like none of the scenes are well lit <laughs> and there's a lot of mumbling going on between andrew garfield and emma stone and it just for me it just doesn't feel like a spider-man movie in a lot of ways okay what was your experience with that one uh mostly it's just about andrew garfield being way too cool to be peter parker like he's skating yes. through school right like he's like uh you know going to like these construction areas when he gets his powers he's like climbing around and doing cool skateboardy things he's just he way gets... too cool like he it's like 10 seconds into the movie and he's like i'm gonna steal someone's id and break into odds cop because yes Yolo. Right, like he's Agreed. just way too cool and confident to be Spider, uh, to be Peter Parker. Mm -hmm. He doesn't. He, he he appears smart, right? Like they obviously have the older scenes where it's like, ah, oh, yes, he's technologically and scientifically gifted, Science. but he's he's just way too cool to be nerd, like a proper geek. I agree with that. I mean, yeah. there is the one scene where he stands up for the kid who's getting picked on by Flash, and then Flash beats the crap out of him, and he gets saved by Emma Stone. Mm-hmm. So that's a fairly Peter Parker thing to do. Um, but yeah, he's sure. not a nerd. He's a, intentionally a skater loner kid. Mm -hmm. It's a different class of person. I agree with you. <laughs> <laughs> uh. And there's just too much like super secret spy mom and dad stuff. Like, there's too much. Sony was like, we really need to care about Peter Parker's parents. They're doing super interesting things. No, we don't. We don't need any of that stuff. Mm. What we need is just more Spider-Man things. Thank you. You don't want to know about how his parents were working working on like a decay rate algorithm for genetics or something? <laughs> no. No, you don't need to know. The about best that. part is the trilogy never ends. So no, it's just like, no answers. what were they doing? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs>
It's the worst part. They spent all that time on that garbage, and then it just they never go went anywhere at the end. No, I mean, you guys somewhere a little bit further than the second movie. Have you been to watch that with your kids? Uh, no. No? Because, no. Because it's not good. It has less good things about it than the first Andrew Garfield one does. <laughs> it's like the third Tobey Maguire movie. There's just too much right. crap going on. There's too many villains. It's messed up and gross in a lot of ways and just but you'll, you'll doesn't miss, work as a movie. You'll miss the scene where Jamie Foxx falls into like a vat of eels and becomes Electro and the electricity fixes the gap in his teeth. Exactly. That is one of the greatest scenes in cinema. You're right. I should go back. <laughs> and then when he's jumping around as like a little electricity monster, he plays uh, It's a Busy Spider in dubstep on the substation. Yeah. Grid. Yeah. That's, which, uh, do you know the Sony like leaked emails that happened a few years ago? Yeah. Yeah. There was an email in there that was basically from a some executive in Sony that was like, Kids love dubstep. Make sure there's dubstep in Spider-Man 2. And that's why that's in there. <laughs> that, ki- that kind of studio note garbage really ruins a lot of movies in Hollywood. Mm. It just does. For sure. If, yeah. if you ever get an email from someone and you're working on a movie that says, kids like this, put it in the movie, just ignore it. Just like trash it because mm-hmm. following that instruction will never go well. Yeah. Just claim you never got the email. It's the smartest thing to do. It to- yes, billion percent. So anyway, um, <laughs> um, yeah, that's the Andrew Garfield experience. His poor his movies end with him failing to save Gwen Stacy, and she dies. The end of your story arc. Thanks for coming, Andrew Garfield. So it's mm-hmm. always been this bummer downer ending. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I was listening to a podcast, and basically Kevin Feige was on set and working on all of these five spider-man movies okay he was an assistant he was like fetching coffee for people during the raimi movies Mm -hmm. and he was a marvel advisor to the sony movies uh where he could give his own thoughts on things but the executives and the director could totally just ignore him right um so yeah, so he was there. He was there for all the Toby stuff. He was there for all the Andrew stuff. And the way that he was able in No Way Home to tie up the kind of loose ends and kind of the thing, make some of the things that we loved about Toby and Andrew more evident and maybe fix some of the things that those fans always had problems with. Mm-hmm. I mean, just especially what they did with Andrew. I thought he almost stole the film. I mean, I just think he was hilarious mm-hmm. and he was emotional and vulnerable mm-hmm. and like working through stuff mm-hmm. and when he saves mj it just like it's like oh yeah the emotional weight is gone like he's redeemed oh. himself for not being able to catch gwen it's like yes very clearly set up to represent that it's good it works like it totally works mm-hmm. he's i mean we're skipping all over the place but he saves her and asks if she's okay and then he's like Tearing up and just like emotionally a wreck, mm-hmm. obviously, because he's feeling all this stuff about how he couldn't save Gwen mm-hmm. and remembering all that and feeling somewhat redeemed at the same time for what he did here. And he's a wreck. And she's like, Are you okay? Because <laughs> she doesn't know any of that. No. She doesn't have any of the backstory. She's kind of a little bit weirded out. Anyway, just, yeah. So that alone, I uh, one of the times I went, I went with my brother and his wife, and she's a huge Andrew Garfield Spider Man fan. Okay. And yeah, so we went, uh, 
we were all hanging out um, earlier, and she was like, if Andrew Garfield's in this movie, I'm going to scream. Just a fair warning. <laughs> and, I was, and I knew, because I'd already seen it. And I was like, okay, thanks, you know, thanks for the heads up. But yeah, she was absolutely blown away. She loved every single piece of it. As an Andrew Garfield fan, she felt like it was one of the better portrayals of him as Spider-Man and mm-hmm. is kind of redemption for his whole, it's- you know, not as beloved storylines. It is by far and away his best performance as Spider-Man. Um, yeah, I think so. Yeah, uh, which j- just to go to like the pre-release material for this movie. Did you see all the interviews he did where he had to deny being in the movie? Like, yeah, <laughs> like literally dozens of interviews where he has to be like, "I'm not in it," and he's like lying through his teeth, like, "I'm not in it. I've, I've nothing to do with it. Like, I, I, I haven't even been to the set. They didn't talk to me. Like, there was no phone call about it. would I be interested?" And then there's Tobey Maguire walking around with like the poster for the movie and he's like answering questions as he's leaving Spider like the set. <laughs> and nobody's asking Toby anything, but Andrew Garfield has to just keep lying. Like, come on, you guys, leave the kid alone. Mm-hmm. Okay, he's like 30, but leave him alone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One of I mean just one of the moments that I really loved in the film, we're not doing this chronologically at all, I no. apologize. But when uh the sling ring portal opens Mm-hmm. and there's a Spider-Man in his suit in the distance in this alleyway. Mm-hmm. What I loved about that moment was the way he's moving is how Andrew moves Spider-Man. Like, they're all playing Spider-Man, but they all have their own ways of moving and being and embodying the character. And I just loved that I could tell it was um, I could tell it was Andrew Garfield's Peter Parker because of the way he was moving in a shot where he was down an alleyway and poorly lit. Like well, I just thought that was lit. That's how you know it's that movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, he, yes, maybe that was a callback to the. Oh my gosh, the lighting in that film is so bad. Uh, yeah, maybe it was a total callback. Maybe a super meta reference. I don't know. Maybe. Uh, and then just so smart. Like he, um, he talks about how he didn't have a lot of time for Peter's stuff after Gwen died, mm-hmm. and he kind of let himself get absorbed by being Spider-Man and like not. Pulling its punches and probably murdering a lot of criminals. Or at least which, breaking their jaws or something. Yeah, hurting them a lot more than he probably normally wanted to. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he appears in a Spider-Man suit, because that's who he he identifies more as Spider-Man than Peter at this point. And then Tobey Maguire shows up. He's Peter. He's Peter Parker, because he's at peace mm-hmm. with the Peter Parker side of his life. He's together with MJ. The Spider-Man mm-hmm. stuff is the Spider-Man stuff, but it's secondary. He's Peter Parker. He's confident in uh, in who he is. And so that's how he shows up in the film. Mm -hmm. He doesn't get in the suit until way later. Mm -hmm. Uh, We don't know he has his suit until Andrew's (laughs) like, you're going to go into battle dressed as a cool youth pastor, (laughs) which is (laughs) one of the greatest lines in a very funny and very well-written movie. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. So just what they did with both Toby and Andrew is... Mm, phenomenally well done yes yes it is (sighs) yeah i think once they show up i really think that's when the movie gets going i know a lot of stuff happens before that Mm -hmm. tom holland is doing great i like what doc ock's doing in green goblin and stuff but once those two show up that's when it feels like it really clicks like what they're doing with the film really clicks Mm -hmm. and a lot of people are expecting them to be cameos like they'd show up for maybe the final battle and then disappear as quick as they came. But they're in there for a good hour. 
Mm, 45 minutes? I would say 30 to 45 minutes, yes. But they okay. are literally only in there for one, like, the final battle. Well, right. right but we they, spend they, a lot like, of time with them we, we in spend a lot of time Ned's with house. house. But Ned's house. But as Spider-Man's. Yeah. Ned's house, the school, when they meet uh, Tom Holland on the rooftop. Yeah. Then in the science lab while they're preparing all the cures in a high school laboratory, which I always hate when it's just like, hey, we can take relatively simple shit and turn it into really high-tech stuff. It's like in Captain Marvel where she's like, if I just rearrange the circuitry, I can make this telephone. Instead of it being a payphone, it can reach into outer space. <laughs> uh, like, no, no, in you can't. Fairness, it is a high school that is focused on science and technology. It is mm. not a regular public high school. Like, maybe mm. they have access to higher tech equipment and like chemicals and stuff. Maybe. But you make a fair point. Yeah, I just you do. That, that's just some, one of my few, very few nitpicks about the movie. Um, yes, but other than that, from they they go from that like high school lab to the Statue of Liberty. Mm-hmm. And that, they and do. That, then but the movie ends. Yeah, I'm, right, right, right. But it's a while. They spend, like, they, they spend, do a bunch yeah. of stuff. Mm-hmm. And what I like about the time, okay, the time in Ned's house and the time in the school laboratory is not about doing stuff. It's not about how did they come up with the cures for these people. It's not solving those problems. Mm-hmm. It's about these characters spending time together and learning from each other mm-hmm. uh, and developing those characters in a way so that especially the people that don't know the Toby or Andrew Spider-Mans mm-hmm. can like feel invested in how they do in the final battle. Right. Sure. Yeah. So I thought that was super smart. Mm-hmm. I feel like they gave Ned the short stick where it's like, Hey Peter. And they oh. all look up and they're like, yeah, like, I mean, Peter Parker. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, I don't know. Spider-Man. Yeah. Right. Like <laughs> one great joke, but I feel like Ned totally would have not fallen in such a trap. Right, like, like he would have been like, okay, they're all they're all Spider Mans. I've worked this out because I met them first with MJ, right? Like he would have been beyond calling them, uh, all Peter Parker. I like, feel like he got yeah. shafted there a little bit. But good joke. Good they needed a Spider Man pointing meme, and he mm-hmm. had to make that happen. Was the problem? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Agreed. Mm-hmm. I love that they all take a moment to talk about how Tobey Maguire produces his own web. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's so good. <laughs> like, uh, wait, how does it how does it work? And you're like, I don't, I don't. How does breathing work? I don't know, man. I don't have any answers for you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean that everything, every scene works. There's not a single scene in this movie where I'm like, meh. This is boring, or this doesn't make any sense, or this is uh, just, yeah, it's just nonstop, well written. Mm-hmm. Uh, everything is fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Some people had issues with how fast Ned is able to learn how to sling ring. Uh huh. He does it literally instantly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he, <laughs> yeah, it's and by accident. <laughs> yeah. Which is a little insulting to the entire Doctor Strange movie. (laughs) In which there are shown, like, giant rooms of people attempting this under the command of an instructor and failing. Mm -hmm. And he has no one telling him what to do or how anything works. And he accidentally opens two separate portals and then several more throughout the course of the movie. So part of uh, Doctor Strange is he asks, how do I get from here to there? Like, how do I do? Like, I would just be moving my hands in the air. 
and yeah much of what like the that final push is just a belief that he can do it right that this is a thing sure. that works and so ned's oh. seen dr strange cast portals he knows how, like this is what you do to do it like he knows it can be done so does dr strange Right, but... You're Dr. telling me at that Dr. point Strange... in the film he hasn't seen it done? No, but Ned is a teenager who's, like, yeah. surrounded by superhero friends and, see, like... But Doctor Strange is, like, a 30-something-year-old doctor who's very grounded in science and learning and rational explanations for things, right? It's a much harder for Doctor Strange to disassociate that part of his life with than to move to faith that, that it works, that it can be done simply by waving your hands sure and that's fine if he had more faith on average then i'm down with that that helps mm. yeah but ned's a kid who like wants to desperately want superpowers because he's surrounded by superpowered people yeah so he just you know the childhood longing right yeah well and he's like super stoked to be in the sanctum sanctorum oh sure yeah he knows the word sanctum sanctorum uh -huh. <laughs> like i don't know where he's he like, picked that up uh, Peter talking about it? I don't know. Yeah. Peter. Um. Yeah. So I just yeah. There's a lot. So much good stuff. Ned and MJ I think are fantastic. They just spend a lot of time on like that relationship too. And again, they need to because at the end of the movie, Peter loses both of those relationships, and it needs mm -hmm. to feel like something. Mm -hmm. So they made sure that the audience recognizes that these are people who've known each other for a while. They care about each other. Mm -hmm. They rely on each other. And losing that hurts. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I thought Willem Dafoe was spectacular. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, just okay. knocking my socks off. He has about five or six different moments where I'm like, dude. Yeah. <laughs> like, this is the most evil villain in any of these Spider-Man movies. The scene where Tom Holland has got him like pinned to a wall and he's smashing his face and he's just laughing maniacally. Yeah. That, yeah. that is the greatest scene in the entire movie I am right? It's dark, <laughs> like both conceptually and literally. It's so good. It is so chilling and so terrifying and somebody made the point in another podcast I listened to that Peter's never fought anybody like this before. Mm -hmm. He's fought the Vulture, who doesn't want to kill him, but he will if will. he has to. Mm -hmm. Right? And then he fights uh, Mysterio, mm -hmm. who is vain and wants glory and power, but is not just like a psychopath who's killing people to kill people. Right. He's also a, I will kill you if I have to. Yes. Uh, the yes. only other people that Spider-Man has fought who is like... Even, even like, it's Thanos. Thanos is the other person he's fought, right? It, but he's it, not killing indiscriminately either. He's killing right, for exactly. higher ideological purposes. Right, but he's his goal is actively killing, though. It is slow, slightly different from someone who is, I will kill you if I have to. Thanos actually does want to kill. Um, yes. So it, it's still different. Um, Spider-Man has also fought in the end war, like the uh, end game war with all the Shatari and whatnot. And, um at the Avengers compound where he's like, all right, I got to use instant kill. And he's like actively fighting and killing people in that moment. Right. Um, but this is the first person he's fought who on like a psychological level wants to get Spider-Man angry enough to start killing people. Yes. Um, someone who it... is deliberately attempting to enrage him into darker actions. 
Yeah. Yes. And yes, and knock him off his moral high horse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Destroy the inspiration for Peter's moral high horse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's good. And the <laughs> there aren't many villains. There haven't been many villains where I'm like, this enemy should be able to take a full punch from Spider-Man and be generally okay. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, every time Doc Ock takes a punch, I'm like, all right, look, you have electronic arms, man. Your body is not enhanced in any way. You're a dumpy 45-year-old scientist. How are you <laughs> able to take a punch from Spider-Man and just shake it off and keep going? That doesn't make any sense at all. Mm-hmm. But the Green Goblin has been enhanced by whatever super magic science is in the first movie, uh-huh. specifically for endurance and strength and superhuman yes. status. Yeah. So it makes sense that he can take those hits from Spider-Man when Spider-Man is unhinged and hitting him and not just immediately die or be knocked unconscious. Right. Yeah. 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 True facts. Yeah. So Green Goblin's great. Mm-hmm. Uh, Doc Ox. I mean, I was... Doc Ock gets fixed. Like Peter, like just makes another inhibitor chip in ten minutes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, Thank it's God. dark. Thank it's God. dark. So maybe it's a couple hours. <laughs> Thank God, Happy just happened to steal his fabricator from Stock Industries. <laughs> I mean, I'd steal that too. That's pretty awesome. But um, yeah. And so Doc Ock goes from this generally menacing, pissed off dude, mm-hmm. and then the flip switches and he's back to the friendly Otto Octavius from early in Spider-Man 2 and it's like oh right just, I mean I don't know that just hit me well in, in the final moments before he dies originally in Spider-Man 2 he does have that return to like good guy where he actively realizes he could like destroy the city and actually takes his own life by plunging his fusion plant into the water right like with himself yes yes right. So Spider-Man technically doesn't kill him. Just No, and Spider-Man doesn't kill Green Goblin either. Ooh. Uh, he also doesn't kill uh, Sandman. He lets Sandman go. Sandman actually just doesn't die. <laughs> mm-hmm. Which... I feel like Toby could have pointed that out and been like, I didn't kill you. <laughs> <laughs> you don't die. Like, we don't need to fix you guys. Well, that's why they don't bring it up. Because if you bring up the fact that... Yes. Spider-Man doesn't kill these guys or all these people don't die. You have to question why we're fixing them and taking the time. Um. Yeah, and also, um, Electro doesn't know that Peter Parker is Spider-Man. So why'd he get pulled in here? That is an excellent point. Uh-huh. There's a couple of plot holes. (laughs) (laughs) Right, yeah. A couple of nitpicks. Um, Uh Especially like... You're trying to argue that the weight of six people's lives is, is somehow important in the like Doctor Strange literally points this out that like in the grand calculus of the infinite multiverse, you like six, six lives pe- is literally nothing. Right. Yeah. Um and I feel like something I was just thinking about earlier today, which is if this can happen to this Spider Man in this reality and there's infinite other realities, couldn't this Spider Man literally spend the rest of his life like being pulled forcibly into other realities to deal with the same issue. <laughs> like just for the rest of his life, he is being pulled from reality to reality being like, Oh my God, I just fixed this. 
Yes, okay. entirely possible. That's okay. what the multiverse insinuates. Yeah, okay, cool. Yeah. Well, and then Sandman goes from like, I just want to go home to like, I'm going to kill Spider-Man. It's like, wait, what? Ha what happened? Right. Green right. Goblin turns and Sandman's like, all right, I'm out. I'm flipped. It's like, what, yep. what did you, what? Why? It's not very clear. <laughs> <laughs> the rest of them I get. But him, I'm like, where are you? You're generally pretty friendly towards Spider-Man, dude. Like, you literally helped him the moment you saw him without even realizing it wasn't your Spider-Man. Yeah. And like you all you want to do is get back home and see your daughter. You have motivation to go back. Why are you trying to stay? <laughs> <laughs> so yes, there are some problems, but none of it is really enough to overshadow the good yeah. stuff, which is so good. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. In every way that it's trying to be good. Right. Yeah. Man, I love that it's Toby who stops uh Tom Holland from killing Green Goblin. Yeah. And he doesn't moralize. He doesn't preach to him. He doesn't tell him he's being wrong. He just, he just catches the glider and he just looks at him and he's like, I understand mm -hmm. how you're feeling. I've been here, man. Mm -hmm. But like, I get it. Let's not go down that road. Yeah. I don't want to see you do that. And it's just, oh, it's so good. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then he gets stabbed for, what, as far as I can tell, no reason. Uh, like story-wise, has nothing to do with anything. I mean, the Green Goblin wants to kill Spider-Man, so he stabs <laughs> a Spider-Man. I feel like it he tracks. Does. <laughs> it, it does, but he's he seems like he's not going to die. Mm -hmm. There's that great exchange where they're about to leave, and Andrew's like, "You're in a lot of pain, huh?" <laughs> so he's like, yeah. "Yep." <laughs> <laughs> Because he just got stabbed <laughs> literally in the back. He could have spinal cord damage or something, right? Like, he's going to get it's back to his reality and be paraplegic. <laughs> it's at least a kidney. Mm, yeah. Yeah. So, mm, super good. Mm -hmm. um, I liked also a take that I saw where this, these three films for Tom Holland has effectively been his Spider-Man origin story. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, it's kind of funny that the Spider-Man, we felt like didn't need an origin story, right? We meet him. His Uncle Ben's gone. He's already Spider-Man. Mm -hmm. um, we don't see the spider scene or anything. Yeah. For It turns out that he gets a three-movie kind of arc that turns him mm -hmm. into the Spider-Man that we know. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I thought like, that was pretty neat. Mm, yeah. I mean, it's literally like the third movie, <laughs> an hour and a half of the third movie where we get the, with great power comes great responsibility line. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that opens up questions because, like, I always assumed—I think a lot of people always assumed—was uh, that Uncle Ben, that the origin story was the same. Uncle Ben dies because Peter neglects his responsibilities with the powers that he has, right? Mm -hmm. And that he teaches Peter this uh, this lesson. And because when he meets Iron Man in Civil War, he says, "If you can do the things that I do and don't do them, then the bad stuff that happens is your fault." Mm, like you have a responsibility. Is Which yeah. is. With great power comes with great responsibility, just reworded. Right. So I always assumed his Uncle Ben taught him that before he died, and that's why he's doing Spider-Man stuff. Mm. But then Aunt May Tyler comes along and is like, here's great power comes with great responsibility. It's like, but you, you already kind of had this ethos. <laughs> well, except her, hers is not about the physical aspects. Like, that's the difference there. Spider-Man's always mm -hmm. had, to, like, his, his point to Tony Stark is, I can stop a bus with my hands. I have these physical abilities. I should physically be doing something. 
and oh. she's now trying to compare that with the moral aspect of if you have the ability to not just to fight someone because you can stop a bus with your hands but to help them then you also have the responsibility to try that like you know because that's the point you like try to actually save people rather than putting them in comas um so whether or not he picked up a uh, a physical ethos from uh, Uncle Ben, or if he just actually believed like that was something he had himself, I don't know how much he got from Uncle Ben. I don't know is the is the what I'm trying to get across. But it's yeah, a different. But it's a different thing in the third movie. No way home. That's a good point. It is a different thing to be like I can yeah stop buses and beat up bad guys. If I don't do that, I'm failing. But it's different to be like I have the ability to help people. Mm-hmm. Help those who maybe aren't black and white good. Mm-hmm. I should do that too. That's actually that is a much different thing for sure. Yeah, yeah, that's good. I like that. So Aunt May dies. I, I thought it was really affecting. I don't like <laughs> nobody really cares about Aunt May in the MCU. She doesn't have a lot to do in any of these movies, mm-hmm. but I think they gave her enough to do in this film. And just something about the way that she's already dead, right? Like she's been Stabbed. impaled or whatever by the glider. Uh huh. But she's putting on a brave face for Peter mm-hmm. and like trying to reinforce the lessons that she's taught already and trying to make like re- absolve him of the guilt that he feels. And like once she's done with that, then she can go. I don't know, man. I was just like, okay, this is pretty, pretty good stuff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I thought it was really well done. Yeah, I mean, I, I I like it, but at the same hand, I do like you tried to argue for six people's lives against the infinite multiverse. Like <laughs> your, your your starting position is so flawed, I can't get on board. It's an inherent flaw with Captain America and Spider Man, right? Cap uh, does the same thing with Vision in Infinity War. He doesn't want to trade Vision's life for the lives of half of everyone in the universe. Mm-hmm. And therefore, half of everyone in the universe goes away and dies. Mm-hmm. And Spider Man's the well, same way. I mean, they're both moral to the point of not I mean, being practical. The the point with uh, Spider Man, or at least Aunt May, is that these people aren't even from our reality. There are infinite number of version of them that do die. Even if you save these six, there are infinite amounts that still die, and infinite amounts that won't die. Your contribution is nothing. Like, you changed nothing, even if you help these people. It's so infinitesimally small, the amount of good you do. There's no a net change to the karmic scales whatsoever, right? I know, but that is that is a practical sense and practical way of looking at it. Mm-hmm. And the morality here is not interested in that, Tomicron. <laughs> it's not. They are here. They are suffering. They need our help. It doesn't matter how important they are in the multiverse. We're going to try to help them. It does matter because... To them, it doesn't. That's all I'm saying. Their perspective. Mm. I get what you're saying, and I agree with you. But from their perspective, they're not swayed by your argument. They should be. (laughs) (laughs) They should be. That's all I have to say. Mm. All right. Anywho, what else are we missing? Um, uh, why doesn't Toby? Uh, not Toby. Uh, Tom Holland just asked Cap- uh, Captain Strange. Uh, 
Doctor Strange to just make everyone forget Mysterio, I feel like that is uh, a, a significantly better plan <laughs> at the start of the movie. Like, why doesn't he what? Um, so uh, the whole movie starts with him basically being like, hey, Doctor Strange, you make everyone forget me. And he's like, yeah. Yes. It's like, why don't you just make everyone forget Mysterio and the things he said? Um. Well, maybe it, someone didn't hear it from Mysterio. But, but I see what you're saying. From the source, if he never says what he says and never broadcasts that information, then nobody gets it. Right, because the way that the spell works at the end of the movie is it's as though you never existed from people's memory standpoint. So there's a like a, a fill-through of information where it's like... Because the universe has to stay in place somehow. Like Tom Holland can't just have no record of his birth and existence or living with Aunt May, even though Aunt May now technically would also never remembered her or remembered him you know yeah but he clearly still has like a social security and has to be able to prove where he lived throughout his entire childhood so there's still paper records of him existing right yes and like flash wrote a whole book about peter parker and spider-man yeah exactly that. yeah like is that book still there <laughs> right yeah, the mechanics of this that's the thing. The mechanics of the spell are intentionally not made clear so that they can make it be whatever it needs to be for the future mm -hmm. of the MCU. Okay. I really think it was. I think if they wanted to make it uh make it clear with rules and everything then they would have, but they just didn't. So mm -hmm. Does the spell only affect the earth? Right. Because I mean there are people it's got off to. The, the, like the, the people off planet still remember him oh oh oh, oh. Yeah. right like does captain marvel know who he is thor uh or guardians nick fury yeah i just i mean yeah that's another thing they don't really talk about the reach of the <laughs> spell either right which is i assume tom holland is going to continue to play spider-man like yeah at some point right Oh, and that's part of it, too, is that that's always up in the air. Like, Sony can just say no. Mm -hmm. Future, sure. The future of Tom Holland in the MCU is not guaranteed by any stretch. Right. Now, is it logical for Sony to be like, this movie made literally $600 million worldwide mm -hmm. in the first three days. Maybe we should keep doing this. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's what they're going to do. But they mm -hmm. could be dumb. They're Sony. They're stupid. We know they are. Mm -hmm. it's true and they could say no so i'm not i'm not putting any money on it but i would honestly be pretty shocked if we never got another tom holland spider-man movie i would not be shocked but i mean i feel like he's gonna show up at the next avengers or like there's gonna be some movie where there's a global scale catastrophe event that'll probably get set in new york because it's new york um and he'll have to show up for that, and it'll be like a, a question of: Is there a new Spider-Man? Is it this Spider-Man? Who knows? Yeah. What did What did uh, what, you? Th oh, hmm. oh, yes. I was just gonna say I'm really happy about the Spider-Man reset at the end of the film, mm. where he's, he's poor on poor. his own. Nobody knows who he is. He sews his own suit. He's just running around out there with a secret identity trying to balance his life in a way that spider-man inherently has to <laughs> that's 
that is who Peter Parker is to a lot of people is he's poor and he's miserable and it's really hard to be Spider-Man and slash go to school slash work slash have relationships. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Of course, it helps he doesn't have any relationships, which is really sad, but also frees up some time. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh. <laughs> like even friggin' Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield have Aunt Mays. Mm -hmm. They have someone in their life who loves them and cares about them. Peter, mm -hmm. like this Peter's got nobody. It's terrible. Yeah. yeah. This is going to be the Peter that shows up in Into the Spider-Verse, who's just like drinking alone. <laughs> <the entire> time. <laughs> just terribly, terribly he, depressed. He gets a black suit, not because he's Venom, but because he's just an edgelord. He's like, right. I'm so lonely, black suit, fifth of vodka. <laughs> i am honestly a little bit annoyed that both mj and ned were like you promise you're gonna find us we're gonna work this out you promise mm -hmm. like i promise we are best friends you're my girlfriend i love you very much i promise and then the instant he has the chance to do so he's like eh, you know what no i'm not gonna do that sure they made me promise yeah. Sure, they're aware of the risks involved of what, you know, in knowing me. But you know mm -hmm. what? I'm making the decision for them. Their lives are better off without me. It's like, come on, man. Yeah. You can't uh, make that call. Sure, you can't. The whole thing is he sees the bandage <laughs> still on her face. Yeah. And he's like, oh, if like I'm bringing these people back in, they're just going to be still at risk continually forever. Right? I know. But they didn't say, hey, um, only find us. And bring us back into your life if you can guarantee our safety, Peter. Right. If it's going to be dangerous, don't you dare. You leave us alone. I don't think they said any of that. They didn't say any of that, but he gets to make the decision about who he endangers. He does get to make the decision, and, and he I did. think he made a bad one. No, he made a good one. Go endanger <laughs> Gwen Stacy. Okay, let's <laughs> get out of this. <laughs> that's so gonna, I don't know. That, I, that, oh, that's going to stick with him. Everywhere he goes, he's going to be like, I'm just waiting until I run into a Gwen Stacy. <laughs> but know. chronologically, she's before MJ. Like, what if there just isn't one? No, no, no. Because um, Tobey Maguire had an MJ before he met Gwen Stacy. Oh, that's true. So it can I happen forgot about that. in any way. Like, the fact that they, like, so he's going to be like, oh, yeah, I'm just going to go through life knowing that there's this person out there that I'm likely to meet and potentially get killed. And guaranteed get killed because Gwen Stacy dies every single time. Didn't die in Tug More Wise movies. Uh, she probably died later. Well, I mean, statistically, yeah, she's human. <laughs> <laughs> this is in Gwen Stacy in the comics for Spider Man represents the fact that any people, important people can die. Before her, that didn't really happen all that much. And honestly, the Gwen Stacy death in Spider Man comics was groundbreaking stuff. Okay. That's all. I'll take your word for it. It's true. Look it up. Do some research. Uh, no, I'm good. <laughs> all right. So anyway, um, overall, fantastic movie. Really enjoyed it. Garfield was great. Toby was great. Mm, yeah. Holland was great. Dude, that one scene. I like... Ah, so this leads into that. But when they're, they're all like, I don't know how to work as a team. I'm always solo out here. I don't know how to coordinate with anybody else. And like, oh, that's a good point. I have, and then I Tom's like, <laughs> that's great. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> Was that a band? Are you in a band? 
it's fantastic. Oh my gosh, the greatest thing. The greatest. But just that scene where they're all swinging around the Statue of Liberty at the same time, and I just, mm, it's, it is so good. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know that anybody really truly expected we would get anything like this in the MCU. It was so ambitious and had the potential to just not work in so many ways, and they pulled it off. It's crazy. Can I just say I hate the Statue of Liberty? You hate the Statue of Liberty. (laughs) That'll get clipped and taken out of context. I mean... (laughs) For my anti-American rhetoric. Um, But, like, we're going to rebuild the Statue of Liberty holding up Captain America's shield. I hate that. (laughs) That is... Right. Well... I I don't think that works. It Like, you have a city that is so dedicated to superheroes that you rebuild the Statue of Liberty, but then also damage control goes and tries to arrest Spider-Man, like, five times. I don't, I don't think that like that's too incongruent. I don't think it fits. It's not a tribute to heroes. It's a tribute to Cap. Who's a hero? He is, but it's Cap. It's not. Who's a hero? Avengers. <laughs> yeah, but that's like almost incidental. You're, you're glorifying heroes, like you. <laughs> No, you're not. Yeah, you are. You can't put up a statue of a hero and be like, nah, heroes, they're just okay. Especially a statue that big. Okay, okay. So you're saying when anyone puts up a a statue of anybody, if it's a president, if it's a sports person, if it's, it doesn't matter who it is, you're implicitly endorsing every single other person in their profession by doing that. If you put up a statue of a president, it means every president, you're honoring them. And what well, they've done. In, in a way, for something like the presidency, yes, because mm. it's a much smaller line, right? I think the broader the field of and like larger number of people in it, the less weight an individual statue has. It becomes more about the person. But when you override a already uh, like a national icon, like <laughs> the Statue of Liberty, to be specifically deemed like uh, specifically themed to, for Captain America. When there's only like seven other people in his profession, yeah, I think it gives a little bit of weight to the people that worked with him and do the things he still does. Okay. Yeah. Well, I disagree. Because you're when... right; they have no problem assuming that Spider-Man is a war criminal. Uh huh. And if they truly believed that all heroes were good and worthy of replacing uh, the Statue of Liberty with a tribute to them, then they mm-hmm. probably wouldn't do that, right? Well, I mean, it's also just doubly weird that there's still Falcon going around with the shield. It's like, okay, is that him? Is this a statue of the Falcon after he saved New York in the Falcon and the Winter Soldier? Or is this... Well, he's Captain America. He's not Falcon. Exactly. So is this the Statue of Liberty? Is it about the Falcon or the OG Captain America? It's about the symbol of Captain America and what he stands Uh, for. Ah, the things he stands for, like justice and liberty and helping people. Oh, wait, that's what Spider-Man does. Oh, so it Mm -hmm. is about Spider-Man. Got it. Thank you. Thank you for supporting my own. No. <laughs> if, it's about, if it's about the things that he does, you can't say it's not supporting Spider-Man then. Spider-Man does the same things. Uh, it's not what everyone thinks. Well. Everybody agrees that Cap was a good dude and that new Cap is a good dude who wants what's best for everybody. Mm-hmm. Not everybody agrees that Spider-Man is a good dude who wants what's best for everybody. Only because of uh, J. Jonah Jameson being out there spinning everything. And Mysterio. 
That didn't I mean, help. Well, yeah, that's for that's his source. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, if J. Jordan Jameson didn't exist, I don't think Mysterio's message would have been completely shut down. So, right. Yeah. Any who's. Any who's. Two thumbs up. Two thumbs up. I Good approve. stuff. Damn. Is there anything that I want to cover that we missed? Mm. Mm. No. I really, I just, I like Andrew so much more in this movie than his two actual Spider-Man movies. <laughs> so much more likable. Oh, it's good. Yeah. It's entirely unfair. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Good. Mm -hmm. um, right. We got a little bit of time left. Did you want to talk about The Witcher? Yeah. So just without spoiling too much, I just want to say I enjoy The Witcher season two. They clearly have a bigger budget than they did in season one. And that's nice. Mm -hmm. Uh. Uh, and they got rid of the stupid we're time traveling and not telling you we're time traveling stuff that was in season one that I didn't enjoy. Mm -hmm. We've um, talked about that before. Yeah. We have, we have. I'm just re just recapping. Uh huh. Yeah. So season two I really liked, but I went so the Witcher subreddit. Uh huh. The book readers are really mad. The book readers are up in arms because they're changing stuff. Which okay, yes, that's normal. Mm -hmm. They're. There are no direct one-to-one -one adaptations of books to movies. It just doesn't, nope. or TV shows, it never happens. Yeah. But what they're mad about is that the, the writers for the TV show on Netflix are referencing certain things that happen in the books or using lines, individual lines from the books that have deeper meaning that they don't spend the time fleshing out in the TV show. Mm. So it's, they feel, the Witcher fans feel taunted because the people are like, we know... We've read this whole thing. We know this is an important passage. We're not going to give it to you. We're not going to give you that whole story. We're just going to kind of reference it so that you know we've read the books, but then do our own thing and totally not respect the thing that you right. want us to love. So They want to drop like um, clues about the bigger universe and like how there's... Yeah. They, like, they want to show how cool they are that they've read the books. Like, hey... We know what the story's supposed to be, but we're going to do uh -huh. something else. And like, here's a little yeah. tidbit of what it could be. But yeah. We're going to use that line and have it mean something completely different, right? Yes, exactly. And that's what they're mad about. That yeah. is what they're so pissed off about. And I get it. I've been in the situation of the book reader before who's mad at the adaptation. I understand what they're where they're going from here. But as someone who hasn't read the books, I thought it was fine. I did that. What they do with Yennefer in season two is really interesting and entirely outside of the games or the books. Okay. I'm not going to tell you anything specific, but just know none of this exists in the canon. Okay. And the reaction to pretty much everything that Yennefer is and does is bad. So <laughs> we can talk about that later. Sure. Yeah. But if I get time uh, to watch it over Christmas. We'll talk about it next week. Yeah, that'll be good. Mm -hmm. Just don't sleep. You don't have time for sleep, right? Is your mattress there yet? No. No. Oh, I told you Friday. Monday. I told you Friday. Yeah. I told you Friday when it was your Friday. Is it your Friday yet? Is it your Thursday? Oh, that's right. You told me it was going to be another week. Yeah. So I get to sleep on the couch again. Although, so you're not... technically, Christmas Day will be the day I wake up on a, like a mattress for the first time in like a month, and it's going to be glorious. That would be life changing, yeah. honestly. Yeah, that'll be all the Christmas present I need. <laughs> Good. Well, I hope 
I hope that's everything you wish it to be because um, I enjoy mattresses. Mm-hmm. Mattresses. Hot take. Yep. Hot take of the day. <laughs> <laughs> I keep uh, like waking up and uh, because like my couch is only just as wide as I am, I'll like have my arms splayed out over the edge and because there's nothing supporting it and it's just like leaning down and down and down and down and down and down and down until it's just like hanging it's so uncomfortable and i like i wake up and it's dead like there's absolutely no blood flow going to it and i like uh try and flip it over and i can't control it because it's a dead arm and it's gonna smack it's great i love hitting myself in the face with a dead arm first thing in the morning morning. no less exactly yeah (laughs) oh that's horrific Mm mm-hmm yep um yeah uh um what's the word the word is uh something builds character what's the word Uh, like hard time like yeah adversity adversity builds character sure so you're becoming a better person through all all this omicron that's (laughs) that's how this works (laughs) i'll take your word for it (laughs) all right good i mean i don't know if i believe that but enough people say it that Maybe it's true. Mm-hmm. If enough people say it, it's true, that's that's how that works. That's how I live my life, is if enough people say it, it's true. I live my life <laughs> one quarter mile at a time. <laughs> uh. So yeah, go see Spider-Man if you haven't. Go do it. Go do it. Yeah. Good movie. Do it. Go watch okay, cool. the five, no, seven previous Spider-Mans that you canonically need to see before you can watch this movie. Yeah, it's a lot. One of the podcasts I listened to, the person did that, listened to all, watched all seven before the trailer came out, mm-hmm. and then watched all seven before the movie came out. Oh, and I was just like, "That's that is too, not. It's too much." Te- technically speaking, if you want to watch all seven movies, you then need to watch Civil War for the introduction <laughs> in Homecoming to make sense, uh, and for. Uh, Far from home to make sense, you technically also need to watch Infinity War and Endgame again. So there's really ten movies you need to watch to be to get the full Spider-Man experience. That's an excellent point. And, oh, actually, no. Technically, you also need to watch Iron Man two because what? Spider-Man is in Iron Man two. What? Yeah. So in Iron Man two, there's a festival like the Stark Festival or something, right? Where he's like, we're showing off future tech or whatever. And there's yeah. all these drones going crazy. And there's a little kid wearing an Iron Man mask. And then Iron Man lands. But the drones, because he's wearing an Iron Man mask, like, like, oh, that's Iron Man. Like, facial recognition. We got this. And they're going to kill this kid. And Iron Man lands and, like, blows him up. And he's like, good work, kid. And then they retroactively said that that little kid is actually Tom Holland's Spider-Man's Peter Parker. That's dumb. I don't like that story. <laughs> you don't have to watch the whole movie because Somicron has told you everything important about it. <laughs> I did, I did, but you should go and watch that movie because it's actually okay. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, Iron Man Two is pretty good. Yeah, it's not amazing, but uh, Hammer—I uh, can't remember the guy's first name. The like Justin, Justin Hammer, incredible. Mm-hmm. He should—he really is. He absolutely should have been in more movies. <laughs> he's charismatic as hell. Like yeah. he's honestly really good on screen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And for being a regular dude, you know, pretty good bad guy for for the bad guy that he is. Not yeah. exactly. He should have been the main bad guy. Yeah. Yeah, probably. Yeah. And then Iron Man 3 is just forgettable. Don't worry about that one. No, Iron Man 3 is fine. You should go watch it. Like, it's mm. not amazing. It, there are no Marvel movies you shouldn't watch except for Thor 2. 
Uh, both the Hulks? Uh, only one of them is canon. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah? And, Which one? Um, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> I, I've not seen them. <laughs> <laughs> so, Thor 2 and the Hulk movie. You don't need to watch. It's fine. The one of the Hulks. Just flip a coin. Just watch one. Don't watch the other one. <laughs> <laughs> I think the Edward Norton one is the canon one. Okay. I think. Which Hulk movie is canon? The Incredible Hulk oh. is considered canon in the MCU. Which is the Edward Norton one, yeah. Okay, there you go. Because that's yeah. the one with Tony Stark in it. Yes. In the Stinger. Yeah. yeah. Okay, there you go. Did you watch the, the Stinger for No Way Home? I did. Even though it's basically just a trailer? <laughs> yeah, first time they've done that since they had a trailer for Avengers 1 after Iron Man 2? Uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't remember. I don't know. I don't... I don't remember it, but that's what somebody online was saying. Was they never had a full trailer at the end of an uh, uh, MCU film since that? So like 2011. Mm, okay. That was crazy. I was like, "What? Okay, there's cool. There's going to be a stinger about multiverse of madness." And then they were like 90 seconds later, and I was like, "Oh, we're actually we're doing this thing." Okay. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Fair enough. And then the Venom uh, mid credits uh, yeah. thing was yeah. fine. Yeah. I mean. The voice yeah. for Venom is so cartoony and goofy. I just can't. It's camp. It's, it's it is. I kind of love it though. Like, have you seen the Venom movie? No. Okay, well, there's two so, of them now. You know. Oh, uh, there is. I haven't gotten around to seeing the second one. But the yeah. first one, like all the best stuff, is when a Venom is just talking to Eddie Brock. It's hundred percent all the best stuff in that movie. And it's like, funny and it's camp. Yeah, yeah, and then, yeah. like the bad guy is like an evil Elon Musk. <laughs> Which, well, maybe yeah. it's Elon Musk. But. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> a little ahead of its time, that movie. Uh, yeah. I mean, just the way he's like, let's go skinny dipping. <laughs> it's like, what? That's what is how he happening? is all the time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't, like, I don't understand the point of having Tom Hardy go through the events of the MCU mm -hmm. to disappear. Like, if the point was we need to understand that Tom Hardy is in Tom Holland's universe, thumbs up. Great. That's great. You didn't have to have him recite everything that happened in him. the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Why? So, so he's, a, he's a journalist, and he gets, comes finds himself in a new universe, and the first thing he does is start journalistically digging for what's different, and he comes across superheroes. Right? Like, obviously, the superheroes are the big standout thing, which he doesn't have in his. Right. And so he... It, it, all he gets done in like the, the I guess two nights that he's there drinking is like <laughs> figuring out about uh the, the like the events and like aliens want stones? Ali aliens don't want stones. Aliens right. like eat brains. <laughs> <laughs> right, because that's what he thinks aliens do, because Venom's an alien. Because he has experience with one type of alien. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I did uh, a couple of people on Reddit made this funny observation. It's like there were five villains in the no way home but it's a sinister six if you just count venom who got drunk and didn't show up which is very on brand for venom so like that's great it was a sinister six movie oh that's great because i think um andrew garfield's second movie ends with like this shot of um 
someone at like Oscorp wanting to like set up like proper superhero or supervillains, and it's like it's supposed to be a tie-in for the Sinister Six movie, which we all the third one would be because like they're going through and like we here we have Doc Ock's arms, but they're just like in a holding cell, like they're not attached to anyone yet. <laughs> oh. And, so, and then like their vulture, they've got like a suit there and stuff, and yeah, it's not, it's not great. Yeah. Yeah, it's all, all things it up, that never Tony. came to permission. <laughs> never came to fruition. No. No. No, for good reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. All right. All right. Time to go. Time to go. All right. So, again, the message for this pod is go see No Way Home. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, yeah, that's it. So, thanks for watching and listening to another edition of the Falcon Paladin Hour with Somicron. You can find us on twitch.tv slash Somicron every Tuesday or Wednesday, depending on what time zone you happen to be in. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can also support the pod directly at patreon.com slash Somicron. The store is at falconpaladin.store for merch. Mm-hmm. And until next time, as always, thanks for hanging out with us. And until next time, you take care of yourself. Bye. Bye-bye.